0: Thank you for listening and your support. We'd love to hear from you. So use our contact page and drop us a line. Now, for our podcast. Have you ever gotten a key in the mail? It's one of those things that car dealerships do. They mail out thousands of keys and they say, you might be the lucky winner, right? Come and test out our, you know, latest, greatest, you know, fully loaded Chevy Suburban. I'm sorry, that's what I've been, uh, you know, set my mind to lately. <laughs> he feels me. But that, that's what they do. They send you this, this you know, mailer Of a vehicle that you've been coveting probably, you know, for for a lot of guys in here, they're thinking of that Maserati or whatever it might be, and they're like, you could win this. And it's all a ploy, right? Because really what it is, is they're trying to draw you in with the idea of, well, you know what, I got an old clunker. And I just might have the winning key, right? You kind of feel like Willy Wonka, I've got the golden ticket, you know. Did I just date myself? I think I did. But what they say in the letter is that you could actually be holding the key to start that car, and if you do, you can just drive it right off the lot, right? They don't tell you that you're going to pay the taxes on it. But if you have that key, if it turns that ignition, you win. So what are they trying to do? They're trying to get you to drive to the dealership, sit in that prized car, fall in love with it, put that key into it, and turn Making it start, right? And that's the dream in your head. And if it doesn't start, then what? Do you keep the key? Do you keep the key? No, right? Because really, if the car doesn't start with the key that was mailed to you, then you might as well just go ahead and throw away that key because that key is just as worthless as the piece of paper it was attached to. In fact, it's probably worth less than the amount that they paid to mail it to you. That's how beneficial that key is to your life. Why? Because you have the wrong combination. That key doesn't work in that car. It will not turn that ignition. You need a matching key in order to drive off with that car. Prayer is like a key. When it is the right key in the right car, the power starts and things start to go into motion. After all, you're praying to a God who made everything, spoke it into existence, and calls you child. But too many people don't know how to use this key in life. It's not that you have the wrong combination. It's not that you have the wrong key and that God mailed you one of those teaser mailers and He's sitting there laughing at you as you're going to God and saying, God, please, please, God, interact here. God, I need your help. And you're turning, 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 and He's giggling. It's not a ploy of God's. God has given you the key to the kingdom to work and have Him interact in your life through prayer. But the truth is, we're not getting the combination right. We just haven't put it together in the way that He's asked us to put it together. Because He's given us the secret to power in our life. you got a full Chevy V8 Hemi sitting inside of that engine and he's saying, more power to you. All the power of heaven has been given unto me and I give it to you. So just get on your knees. And you have all that power you need. He's given us the right fit. Now it's time for us to make it work. And the key to our prayer life is all found in one individual, which is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. I think some of you guys are sleeping. I just said that Jesus is the power to our prayer life. Amen? Amen! Now if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to John chapter 15. We're going to be in the book of John quite a bit today, especially in John chapter 15. And I want to focus in on verses one through eight. John 15, 1 through 8. And he says this I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he lifts he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, He prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are ready clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in Me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in Me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in Me and I in Him, He bears much fruit. For apart from Me you can do, say it with me, nothing. If anyone does not abide in Me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in Me and My Word abides in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be My disciples. Did you see a common theme within this passage? Did you see a common word? You know, when the Bible repeats itself, it's because God really is trying to push something to you. If you notice, Jesus said, me, 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 my word, you ask, bear fruit. If you really want to summarize this passage, that's the gist of what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, listen, if you make yourself at home with me, if you stay with me, if you abide in my love, And my words are at home in your life. You can be sure that whatever you ask, I will be listening and act upon it. But the key to this powerful life of fruitful labor, the the key to a car that's going to have a life of action and go, is seen right here when he says, just as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you, so abide. Stay. Remain. Linger there. Hang out. In my love. Six times in this passage, Jesus says, stay in me. Stay with me Remain in me. Abide with me. Why? Because Jesus is the power to get you through life. You know, one of the interesting themes that was brought up yesterday in the, in the memorial and the celebration of life for Tommy was the idea that grieving is a hard thing to do, isn't it? I mean, if we think about any type of loss in our life, a loss of a friendship, you and a friend aren't talking anymore. The loss of a loved one where you're not going to see him on this side of heaven anymore. The loss of a job, even, not getting along with somebody. Any type of a break in a relationship, it does what? It hurts. It brings grief into our life. Sometimes it brings anger into our life. It brings drama into our life. Why? It's because we don't know how to handle those emotions in life. Because you weren't created to handle those emotions in life. In God's perfect creation, He didn't plan for us to die and have relationships severed. He didn't plan for you to get into huge fights with your spouse. He wasn't like, you know what? I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to have the husband lazily leave his dishes inside of the dishes in the the sink and walk away. It's going to be great. They're going to get into a huge argument. It's going to be funny. No, that was not part of God's master plan in the Garden of Eden. Why? How do we know that? Because God sat back and he looked at all he'd created and he said, this is good. And death and pain and anger, that was not part of his plan. So that's why when it happens in our life, a type of loss, a type of anger or whatever it might be when we get upset, something like, creates a severing in the relationship that we have. We go through a gambit of emotions and we don't know how to handle them, do we? But Jesus is saying, hey, listen, if you abide in Me, I can be your strength in those moments. If you remain in My Word, I can be the One who guides you through My Word in those moments. I can be the One holding your hand because you're not strong enough to handle moments by yourself. There's a a reason why in the garden God looked down at all He had created and He said it's not good for man to be alone. It's because you weren't created to be alone. You weren't created to go through life without God by your side and without companionship, brothers and sisters. That's why we come together and we congregate as a church family. Because even though you don't look like me, you don't act like me, you don't smell like me, you guys didn't get that one. It's okay. I smell pretty good, by the way. Okay? Today, yeah. Catch me after playing basketball with the kids. (laughs) We can all come together in love. Why? Because we are united in Christ. He has made us whole. He has made us family. But it's about being in Him, isn't it? Keep on in the love that you are in in Christ. Stay in that love that you are in in Christ. Stay in that family you are in in Christ. And in situations in life, you can handle them because of Christ. To turn your life into actions of love, actions of fruit, actions of service, or as Jesus says, if you can be fruitful, you will be fruitful in this way In verse 6, excuse me, verse 7, if my word abides in you. So if you're staying in the love that you have in Jesus, you're staying in love with him, you're staying focused on him, you're trying to remind yourself of the salvation that you have. For God so loved the world, right? He's saying, remind yourself of that. Keep focused on that. Keep focused on what I did for you on the cross of Calvary. Stay in My love. But now I also want My words to abide, to stick, to saturate, to be in your life. Jesus said to let His words saturate your life so it lives into your lifestyle. And there's a result that takes place in your life if you interact in this way. You become fruitful. Let it be taken in and show how, show out through how you live. Abide in Jesus' love by reading His Word and knowing His Word, and it comes out in your actions. You can't help it but to live the gospel of Jesus Christ so let the word abide in you so you can grow be guided and gain wisdom through his words and then it's attached to the last part of verse 7 take a look at it with me you're abiding in Christ you're staying in Christ he repeats it 6 times within this passage verses 1 through through 8 You get to 1 through 6, you get to verse 7. If you abide in me, you remain in me, and my words abide in you, they remain in you. Second part of verse 7 Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. You see, we have a little promise that's attached to this here. Whatever you ask, it's going to be done. To have the love of God stay with us or abide in us, we need to be praying. When you pray, believe that God is able to do what you're praying for. In other words, when you pray, do it knowing that God is listening. That you have the Almighty Maker of all things listening to you, His child. But I want you to make a note here the order of Jesus' words, it remains totally and completely upon you. Right? He says, I want My words to remain in you. I want you to be searching My words. I want you to be in love with My words. I want them to be part of your life, saturating your life, and then, whatever you ask, I will do. You see, there's, there's... a premise to this promise, okay? There's a reasoning and a thinking to this promise. Why? Because your prayer life becomes completely dependent and active upon God's Word. You're not asking God to bless things that don't come from His Word. You know, it's kind of like I I hear people, you know, and, and listen, I love every one of you, but sometimes we ask things that God shouldn't be part of. God, I want you to bless this house that me and my girlfriend are looking for so we can move in together. God does not want to bless that until you get things according to His Word. It's not that God doesn't want to bless you. But He can't be in a situation that He directly teaches against in His Word. So He's not going to bless that situation and see it to fruition in your life until you start abiding and living and being guided by His Word. And it's not that God is against you. God is for you. He wants to start seeing His Word living through you. You have a personal God that is saying, I want you to be in My Word and asking according to My Word so that I can bless you according to these things. Because I love you. Jesus has given you the direct number here. He's given you the perfect combination to get this party started, to get the power going so you can be active and bearing fruit in the life of a believer. So stay in the love that you have in Jesus, reminding yourself of that love in Jesus, and reading His Word and praying by His Word. And there's a beautiful thing that ends up happening. You bear much fruit. And the fruit is the actions we're doing based on searching His Word and praying by His Word. And Him giving us the power to do these things. You see, there's a powerful combination taking place here. The more that we are in God's Word, the more that we are understanding His love, the more that we are being saturated and living in it, the more that we are growing by it, we start asking for things that are according to His will and His plan. You start saying, Lord, I want to go ahead and I want to reach these people for Christ. Give me the power and the strength to do this. Lord, I want to live the best that I can at home and at work. I want to replicate what You say in Your Word. I want to be the best employee that I can be. I want to be the best servant leader that I can be so my employees see You shining through me. You see, your prayer life starts to mirror the Word of God. Rather than us going to God and saying, gimme, 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 mine, 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 Lord, Lord, Lord. He's saying, listen, the more that you're in My Word, you'll understand how to pray by My Word. And it unleashes a powerful combination of growth and fruitfulness in your life. Amen? Amen? Now, I'm not saying God doesn't want to hear you come to Him in your time of trouble and need and say, God, listen, I can't do this. I can't get through this. I don't understand this. Because He says, you need to cry out to Him, Abba, Father. But what I'm talking about here is a life of fruitfulness, a life of growth. If you want to be powered by God in your life, You need to look at this and be in His Word and remain in His Word and grow by His Word and stay in His love and then your life and prayer life will start to be formed through the power of His Word and the power of His love and you'll become fruitful. Verse 8, Jesus says you can do amazing things if you pray and you stay. I want you to, really, if you're going to take anything out of today, I want you to think of this right here. Pray and stay. Let your life be built on these two actions. Praying and staying, or staying and praying, however you want to put it together. Because it proves who your Master is, who you're learning from, who you're sitting at the feet of, who you call Lord. Jesus directly ties this in to discipleship. He's like, listen, lots of people out there, they're they're saying and they're calling by My name, but you, you who follow Me, you who love Me, you who have followed Me these, these years, and I've called you as My learners, Stay in my love, stay in my word, pray by my word, and bear much fruit. And then you prove to be my disciples. He doesn't say you prove to be my believers, he says you prove to be my learners, my followers, my disciples. it shows that your life is one dedicated to following Jesus. Why? Because you're living by His Word. That means you're taking in everything you can by the Master Rabbi, by the Master Savior, by the One who you call Lord, the One who you call Savior, the One who you call Jesus. Your prayer prayer life is the key to unlocking your full potential in Christ. Christ and it will bear much fruit. To love. To honor others. To grow. To do great things by the name of Jesus. Don't we all want to do great things and live great things for Christ? Why? Because every one of you wants to honor your Father above. That's why we're here. That's why we come together and congregate. Why? Because we want the keys to success in our spiritual life. And it's all because of Jesus. It's all because of His Word. And we can unlock that, unleash that in our life. Let's just think about it. Your prayer life is the key to a powerful life of serving Jesus Christ. How many of you feel tired on Wednesday? Let's just raise our hands. Almost every single Wednesday, I'm tired and thinking of excuses not to come here and teach youth group. But you know what I do? You know what Meg does? By the way, Meg is scared of Public speaking. So when she has to go and teach forty little kids that are screaming and running around, it terrorizes her. She's, yeah. She's turning red. Thanks, Abe. You just made it worse. I'm gonna hear that one. <laughs> Up happening is you sit down, you get on your knees in prayer, and you say, Lord, give me the strength to share your message. Lord, speak through me so I could get through this. Give me the energy so I can do this today and bear you fruit. And then you get in your car, you drive over here, and God does amazing things through you why because you are abiding and you're living it and you're praying it and when you get here it's like God has just poured like a cafecito with a red bull at the same time into you and you're just going and you don't know how you got all that power and energy but it happens It's like everything goes wrong when it's ministry day, when it's day to serve Him. And what it is, is Satan wants to bring you down in that moment. The world wants to crush you down in that time because it knows God's going to do something great through you. But you know what it's going to be? It's going to be that persistence to carry on by His Word and getting down on your knees and praying for the energy to do it so you can bear much fruit. Abide in my love, abide in my word, and my word in you, and you will bear much fruit. Why? Because your prayer life fuels your actions in life. I'm going to say that again. Your prayer life fuels your actions in life. Stay and pray. John chapter 14, it's just... A couple pages over in your Bible if you're still following in your Bible with me. John chapter 14, verse 11 and 14. Excuse me, let's let's actually go a little bit further up. Let's go 11, yeah, 11 to 14. It says this: Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, otherwise believe because of the works themselves. Jesus is saying, hey, look. Believe Me because of what I'm telling you. If not, just believe because of the things that you've seen that are remarkable that I've done. Verse 12, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in Me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask, In My name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask Me anything in My name, I will do it. If you love Me, you will keep My commandments. We have a division in our Bible there, but when this was being spoken, Jesus had it all together. Because you living out and you asking in your life what you're asking for ties directly in to what Jesus has already spoken. And so the greater things that you're asking to do is reaching the world for the sake of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. The greater things that you're asking to do is to be powered and strengthened so you can speak as Jesus spoke. So you could love as Jesus loved. So you could be the hands and feet of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Those are the greater things. And He will grant those in your life if you're abiding in His love and abiding by His Word and praying for those actions within your life, He will grant them for you. He says it right here in His Word. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. So brothers and sisters, are you up for it? From now on, whatever you request, along with the lines of who I am, Jesus is saying, and what I am and what I'm doing, because of your prayer, because you're coming and you're abiding in my word, I'll do it. He's not saying if you come to me and you say, Hey, Lord, I could really use a million dollars, that would be great. I want a million dollars, I also want an airplane. He's not saying, I'm going to go ahead and do those things. He's saying, if it's aligned with my will, if it's aligned with who I am, if it's aligned with reaching people and growing people for the sake of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, I will do it. You will bear much fruit. (laughs) Brothers and sisters, that's power. And that's power unleashed in your life. That's how the Father will be in our life and working in our life, through our life, Whatever your request is in this way, I'll do, Jesus says. The secret of accessing this power is with the turn of this ignition in your life. The key is prayer. The ignition is Jesus and His Word, and you need both. Problems happen when we ask what's not in His Word. God wants to bless your life, but you need to be aligned with what His Word says. And then He'll pour His blessings into your life so you could do great things. And Jesus says greater things than I had even done. He wants that for your life. He wants you to be fruitful for the sake of the kingdom of God. The secret to accessing the power of prayer is hanging out with God, staying, abiding with Jesus. Letting what he says hang out of your heart and pour out of your heart because you're taking so much of it in. And asking for things He wants to do that He wants to do and work in the life of this world today. You know the reason why there's so much pain and chaos and hurt and people needing to hear the Gospel of Jesus Christ today is we're not on our knees enough. We're not in the Word enough. If we who call ourselves by His name are in His Word abiding, drenching, saturating and then seeing those in need and praying for the power to do it, it will be done. So pray and stay. Pray to Him to do the work and stay in His Word. Stay in His way. Stay in His love. The secret is where you put this kingdom key that He's given you. You have to be putting it into the ignition of Jesus Christ. You have to be doing it in what He's doing, where He's going, and what He wants to do. And you know what ends up happening? is You bear much fruit, you win. You're the winner. You have the perfect combination. You have what it's needed to get the power in your life. The Bible says he'll open the door. Matthew 7, 7. The Bible says he sends the rain as Elijah. He, Elijah was a man who knew God's Word. And he prayed that it wouldn't rain. Why? He did that knowing what Deuteronomy had said. But then he knew that God would send back the rain once the people repented and went back to his way. Elijah knew his Word. He prayed according to his Word. And he did great things according to God's Word. God will make the way. God will do great things if you stay and you pray. Let's end in a word of prayer. Dear, precious, and most heavenly Father, Father, I thank You, Lord, because You do want to work in us and through us and do amazing things for us. You want us to bear much fruit. You tell us clearly in Your Word. You would like to see great things happen. But Lord, we got to be lined up with Your Word. we got to be staying in Your Word. we got to be praying according to Your Word. And that fruit that we see, Lord, that comes directly from You. Lord, I pray that each individual here They would make it their goal. They would make it their everything to stay. To stay in Your Word. To stay in Your love. To remind themselves of what they have in Christ. And that they would pray. That we would align our prayer life perfectly with Your Word. Lord, that when we see something in Your Word, that has to do with your master plan, that we would ask for it and bear much fruit. Lord, I pray that each person here would make it their goal to be light bearers for your kingdom, to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world, so that men may see our works. And glorify our Father who's in heaven. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here that hasn't put their trust in You, that today would be their day of salvation. The Bible says it's not about the works that we do. It's not about the things that we can do to get to heaven. Because You give us the power. You give us the strength to do those things. You give us the ability to do those things, so really, who are those coming from? Those things can't get us, can't earn us, can't buy us heaven. Because you tell us in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 that if if we could get to heaven on our own merit, on our own good deeds, our own actions, we'd get up there and the first thing we'd do is we'd start boasting. We'd be prideful about it. But you tell us that You loved the world so much that You died on the cross to buy us our freedom from sin and wrong and debt, from greed, from pain, from guilt, and that You rose again three days later and that whoever believes in You has eternal life. John 6, 47, You gave it as a promise. Truly, truly, I say to You, He who believes has eternal life. The moment we put our trust in You is the moment that we have eternal life. We start living new in You. And You give us the strength and power to do it when we seek it out. Lord, I pray that if there's someone here that hasn't put their trust in You, that now would be that moment. Maybe they've been depending on their actions, their deeds, or, or maybe just going to church or doing actions of helping people to get them to heaven. Now's the time to put your trust in Jesus. He says He is the way. The way to heaven. He is the truth. There's no other truth but Jesus. And He is that life. That life eternal. No one goes to the Father except through Jesus. And if that's you, with your head bowed and eyes closed, just pray this little prayer with me. It's not the prayer that saves you, it's believing in Jesus that does. Say, dear Lord, I know I've made mistakes, I know I can't earn heaven, but I'm putting my trust in you as my Savior. I'm believing that Jesus, you died for me and rose again three days later. And that you're the one that makes the way to eternal life for me. And I'm putting my trust in you. If you prayed that little prayer, could you just raise your hand and let me know? Pastor, pray for me. I just prayed that little prayer in my heart right now. If you're online watching and you prayed that prayer, just send us a little note. We'd love to be praying for you. Encouraging you to carry on in your walk with Jesus. Dear Lord, for the rest of us here, Lord, I pray that we would do great things for the sake of Your Kingdom, for the sake of Your Gospel. Lord, that we would stay in Your love, reminding ourselves of that great salvation that we have. That we would be in Your Word, saturating in it, thinking on it, Lord. And Lord, that we would be on our knees in prayer. So when we get up in that next moment, it would be to act upon what we've read and asked you for. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for joining the Transform 365 podcast, a ministry dedicated to helping you grow in your relationship to Christ. If you want to know more, find us at transform365.com or on our church website, www.swcc.org, located in Miami, Florida. Until next time, remember, the only work in grace is to let grace work in you. God bless.